Welcome to the GSP, the Gopal and Shaljin podcast after a long hiatus. Oh, well, a month of summer. Um, we're here and back and ready to talk about sports. And with me, my host, Shaljin. Hello, everybody. How's it going, Gopal? Long time, my friend. A long time, Shai. Long time, man. I haven't heard your voice in a long time. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> Multiple reasons for that. Multiple yeah, reasons course. for that. It is life happening, man. Like it's summer. Summer 2021. Yeah, yeah. We're allowed outside. Let's talk right? it up to that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. <laughs> uh, so we have a great show today. Um, it's pretty much a lot has happened since in the month. Um, and we'll go over it as best we can and from our insights on it. And uh, yeah, we're here to go over like the Olympics. NBA finals that happened a month ago, uh, uh, the Blue Jays and their epic run and their ascent in the AL East and MLB. Um, also, um, also Team USA basketball and also our uh, farewell or ode to Kyle Lowry and the Raptors directions after that. So we have an action-packed show. Um, yeah, stay tuned. And let's start it off, Shai. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'm going to open. I, I figure we should start with uh, Christine Sinclair and the Canadian woman. Yes, definitely, team. definitely. Holy. Um, that, that caught me off. Like, I was I was invested in that entirely, man. Like, um, just even though I, I, I've never claimed to be a soccer fan, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name Christine Sinclair, even to a, you know, a casual person, you know that name in Canada. You know what I mean? She's, she's synonymous with Canadian soccer. Um, for her to, to go out, like, well, I don't know if she's going out. With her, you, you never know. She might come back. Who knows? But um, if this is how she goes out with that, with an international win under her belt, it's huge, man. And, you know, one part of the story that doesn't get enough play is the fact that we've been good for eight, like a decade. 2012, Canada should have won there was a bogus call mm-hmm. um that, that gifted america the win in the semifinals and ended up with us getting the bronze yeah 2012 so, i remember yeah, yeah a lot of those a lot of those players well christine's still there and a couple others are still there but that team should have been the gold medalist team at that time so it's like it's a combination and it's like validation for this program they've gone through the highs and lows and they pulled it off yesterday and under and sinclair wasn't even on the pitch when it happened man she was subbed out so you subbed out at the end i know it was like yeah, that, like a, see that to me is that is her lasting impact on this program because of Sinclair. The game grew so much that now there's a team is even when she wasn't on the field was capable of competing with Sweden. They kept it tied. I know Sweden was a superior team. We won on penalty kicks, but they still didn't go down. You know the team was capable of playing with a team of that of that caliber. So uh, that that would be the lasting impact of Christine Sinclair to me. Oh yeah, I think. Christine Sinclair, I've been following women's sports. Not like I'm, I'm, I pre, I follow it quite frequently. And I think I started with Christine Sinclair. Like, it's a, it, you know, it's like when you're sitting down on the couch one day when you're like, and you're like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Just put this on like an, in the background, a side noise. And then you're like, okay, then you get interested in it. And that was women's soccer, right? And I think it was under 21 or something. I can't remember what it was, but Christine Sinclair was like the next big shit. Like right. she was, she was right. on like the come up. Right. And then I started following it. Like, I think she won, they won the Edmonton, the world championship. Well, one of the, the championships in Edmonton, I recall. And that's what got me into women's soccer or following it every time they do play. Right. Um, I get, yeah, man. Cause like, it's just, it's like anything when I, when I hear about an athlete, absolutely demolishing people. I am curious to learn about it. It's the same reason I got into golf with Tiger all those years ago when I had no idea what that sport was right so i you would definitely always if there's a major uh, soccer tournament occurring her name was always coming up and it was her name always tied to scoring goals winning games right so you want you want to be a part of that you want to learn about what's going on there you know what i'm saying yeah definitely like um i think the journey was like she was the first person i thought like she had like a confidence about her like she knew she was one of the best in the world and she said she wanted to win for canada and beat like the state, like it was like, 
her ego, not her ego, but like she wanted to win. Like she was like repping Canada hard every event. And, and she expected, like she brought up like those other players with her on the way. Like that team was good. Like eventually evolving over time, right? Like getting to a state where they were equivalent to the States or like up there, like their goal was to beat them. Right. Cause USA was like, like the, they're on the pedestal, right? They were like the team that's like head and shoulders above the whole competition. Right. Bro, like I, I, what you're saying is this, there was a point in time where we weren't at the table with the big boys. Yes. And Christine St. Clair's play elevated the program to that level. And now, not only have we gotten to that level, we've shown that we belong by winning the Olympic gold. So, yeah, and she, you know, like that—that—that's what a journey, what a story. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, is it what a journey, man? Like she's what she's a ranked first in international goal scored by any player, man or woman. Man or woman. Like, yep. like that shows her consistency, her longevity, and like. But, 22 years, man, international. That's 22 years. That's and, yo, soccer, ain't like, it's, like, it's like a high cardio sport, man. High You're at the cu- running. And there's no rule changes. Like, rule changes haven't been – like, it's not like other sports where rule changes affect the level of style of play. It's the same style of play. You're playing 90 minutes, cardio, yeah, she, she doesn't get um, – what are those days calls that Kawhi gets? Uh, uh, load management. Load management. They, oh, they don't do that shit in soccer. So. And she shows up for her country, right? Like whenever she's called upon, she shows oh, 100%. up. 100%. She's always there. Exactly. She leads by example, man. And then, like, yo, 90% of her interviews, if you go back and watch them, when they talk about what she accomplished during the game, she'll simply turn it around and say, you know what? We got the win because of my teammates. Like, that's just the type of person she is, right? So. It, it's crazy. Like, she never likes to be the center of, of attention, even mm. though she very much is everywhere she is. So, yeah, no, it, it's great. It's great for the program, man. Like, just think about it this way. Like, now any young girl of any na- nationality here in Canada, like any ethnicity, they're good. They live in a world where Canadian soccer, the women's Canadian soccer team are gold medalists. Like, that's something that they will grow up. See- like, it, it actually happened. It's not a imagine we did that you know what i'm saying so that's gonna instill confidence and excitement in the next generation and get them excited to play the game as well but yo it's it's not just soccer like look at penny in the pool like she's 21 years old and she's the most accomplished olympic athlete of all time male or female and she's 21 so she's still got more time to go back um that's insane man like even like brooks um henderson i know golf so maybe She's in the Olympics too. She didn't win there, but 11 PGA Tour titles, the most mm-hmm. winningest uh, golfer of all time, Canadian or uh, male or female, uh, with 11 titles. And again, she's 23. So, like, there's so much talent across the board. Kayla and Bianca in, in tennis are coming up, still very young as well. Um, the future of sport in this country is it's really bright. That's for sure. It is. I I totally agree with you. Like in each of these. Uh tennis soccer like the tear shirt like not periphery type peripheral type sports but like the sports that we don't follow as much they're on the come up right now like they're coming with talent so whatever grassroots programs they're running there is working like we're getting talent out there um so yeah going back to christine to clear like yeah it started in 2004 i think that was the team i was referring to under 20 team in edmonton um so uh, they won silver I didn't remember that. So that's when they, you know, put a little exactly. think in the armor of U.S. Listen, guys, you know, we, we, uh, we're trying to make a name ourselves as well. Like the start of the We the North journey, you know what I'm saying? Just yeah. much, much longer ago. So, yeah. And I, and I feel like this, accum- like this gold medal is like the accumulation of all that effort. Yeah, uh, yeah absolutely. 15, 16 years, right? And it's f- fulfilling. And even in that game, I was like, as a normal as a Leaf fan, a Toronto fan in general, is like, oh, man, they got robbed. And now it's like 3-2. Like, they got stopped. The goalie, Sweden uh, was up in the penalty shootouts. And I'm like, oh, man, like, not this again. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to turn off the TV. Forget. <laughs> and then all I hear is, like, on WhatsApp is like, oh, they won. They came back. And I'm like, yeah. oh, man. It's like yeah. one of those. I, you know, I almost said the same thing. Like, I, I got up. I was like, after that team, I was like, oh, we're screwed. They're going to score. And then. Yeah. When uh, when our when our goaltender stopped uh, that last shot, I was like, "Oh my god!" So it's gonna come down to the to Buchanan taking the shot, and what a beauty! What a beauty goal, man! What a beauty goal to win it! 
what a beauty like it yeah. was yeah um yeah and that goldie uh, what's her name um I forgot what her Lave. name Lave, yeah she's just smiling you know, just uh side story she she actually plays in the swedish club league so i don't know if she has a job next season oh <laughs> i didn't know that i did not know that she's probably uh, gonna find a different profession or a different place to play that's for sure but yo also with her um i, I also learned that uh you know she opened up about um some you know depression during the pandemic mm-hmm. um and that's really cool that you know she shared that and she overcame that and look at how she helped like that's yo she's like an inspiration because you know a lot of people suffer from anxiety and in, in, in big pressure moments and what more pressure is there than what she was facing in those penalty kicks come on right yeah. and she held it together calm cool and collected and sealed the door uh, sealed the deal so uh, yeah. nice win go go canada go um i think it's the start of something special yeah the next era of women's soccer and, and women's huge yeah, yeah. And also, I want to point out, like, I just read an article. It's like, uh, you know, NBC, <laughs> those Americans, they actually, on the gold medal ceremony, they cut away when Canada received their gold medal. It's, so salty, eh? Like, like salty. Like, uh, I, yeah. I, I don't know. For me, it's like the Americans are just that team where if they don't win, they're a sore loser. Like a really yeah. like, 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 like a LeBron James. Yeah. yeah. Like so, <laughs> Trump, LeBron James. They're all the same type of people, yeah. Definitely. Um, it makes sense. But yeah, they, they, they got their L in that uh, semifinal, and they uh, that's that's pretty much it. They're back to the drawing board. So I, I just love that that Rapioni has to uh, hear about Canadian soccer for the next couple of years. Four years, the Olympic champions. Like that's comparable to a FIFA Cup, right? Right. Unbelievable. Absolutely, it's an international title, man. Like right, and it's harder to get into the Olympics, right? It's only like twelve teams. I exactly. think. Exactly. So this is huge. And uh, yeah, so Canada's on the way up. So moving on from our girls that won gold medal is another, I think, our track star from Scarborough, Markham, whatever you want to call it. But well, in, that, we'll start there. Where is he from? Is he a Scarborough man or is he a Markham, a Markham man? Oh uh, well, he was born. In, he was born in Scarborough, but he's raised in Markham. So see that, uh, yo, that's that's tough. Still, like that's tough. Like he won. Like, I was he, born in Winnipeg, but I was raised, you know, in the GTA. Toronto, yeah, so who's so. gonna? He can, both it's can tough. claim. I think both can claim him. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I have no problem. Victory. But just don't like if someone says he's a Markham man. I mean, he, yo, Markham and Scarborough are pretty similar in demographics. Yeah, that's what I think. Right yeah. Uh, so so if, you know, it, it's we're all on the same page here. We're all on the same page. Yeah, that's the thing. So I think it's a win for the East Side. Let's put it that way. That's what I say. It's a win for the East Side. Um. But like, yeah, Andre DeGrasse, like six, what is it? Six for six. He came in here with no Usain Bolt this time uh, as a, like the, you know, the big shadow, like the big uh, personality that he is. So it's more of Andre DeGrasse kind of here to shine. And uh, yeah, he came third with, he won the bronze in the hundred, right? Yep. Yep. So that's, and for me, I'm always surprised about Andre DeGrasse is that his size, he's not the biggest guy. But he's sprinting as just as fast as one of those guys that are like that has fifty pounds over him and is like muscular and like the reason why I'm, I'm surprised like um, uh, enamored with it is that usually a heavier guy generates more force and can generate like more speed and like explosion on the, in those hundred meters which you need right uh, and Anand Grass has it and also he's running from lane eight which is kind of a disadvantage apparently from. I have no like background in track and field, but apparently that's a um, a disadvantage running from lane eight when he was up there. Agreed. Uh, incredible, yo! Just to be able to, you have to remember this: like these are athletes that train for these moments their entire lives. But when you're in that moment, it's the most highest pressure cooking situation of your life, and to be able to come through on everything that you have trained every single time in the highest moments whatever ever without ever slipping up that is so hard to do man six for six in medals in every event he's partaking in two olympics at the age of 25 man that's he's that's sick that's so amazing and i love that he got the the gold in the 200 
Um, oh, yeah. That's he, like... And he, I think he'll have one more go around, maybe. Um, yeah. At 29. 29. We'll yeah. Yeah. But, and like, if he gets any more medals, that's, that's, it's incredible. He's the first male to get to six medals. So now he's tied with um, Clara Hughes and uh, mm-hmm. one other person. And then Penny's up at seven. So uh, anything else he does the next time around is just even more gravy. Yeah, more gravy. Yeah, like 200 was the main event and he came through and won it. So, um, and then the relay, like, yeah, like the Canadian team, like, carried them, right? Like, that, yeah, Andre Grass is a great athlete overall. And uh, the, um, I believe the article, I think you guys also read it, is from The Athletic. It shows the beginning of Andre de Grass and shows how he started um, in sprinting. I apparently, like, He's from the York Region area, um, ran for Milka Mills High School. There was no yeah, basketball no. team. So okay. in the senior year, there's no basketball team. And they said, well, why don't you try to sprint like uh, the track and field? So he just said, okay, sure, why not? And then he got into Jeez. sprinting and track and field 100 meters. And then in the finals of the York Region Championships, he's not like a typical sprinter. Like everyone else like, on that block of the finals were like trained, like, you know, rep leagues and uh, – like, you know, like, what do you call it? Like, private, like, training, like, uh, gyms. And he just got on the, on, the, on the block, on the start line, and he just stood. He stood in re- running position. Not like, you know, when you bend over and use the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he was just no normal average. like us, in a, sta- in a staggered position, and then ran, and came second. Like, he didn't actually win it. He came second, but he only lost by, like, a, like a point one of a second to a guy who trained this whole like high school career. So what, and then, then they got him into, that's how it started, how he got into track and field. And, um, and apparently, yeah, he also played because he liked basketball. He also played, uh, apparently Milken played Bond. So yeah, there's, he, there's a picture of uh, him going up against um, uh, Andrew Wiggins, right? Yeah. Past Andrew Wiggins. Yo, <laughs> I tweeted out. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was pretty funny. Anyways, I was like, Oh, that picture is a great depiction of uh, it visualizes how Andre Grass's career is going and how Wiggins' career is going. <laughs> yeah, I definitely <laughs> right. One's supposed to be in the Olympics with the Canadian national basketball team, and one yeah. is killing it, right? One's actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. So, yeah, there you go, definitely. Um, uh, you know, but I mean, I gotta put a little respect on his name. He played better, he showed up for Canada too this yeah, year. Yeah, he showed up. I think that's the first thing is showing it's up. Still an not- accurate assessment. That picture is still a good representation of how their careers have gone <laughs> thus far, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so, and in general, Canada has what, 23 medals, um, six gold, six silver, 11 bronze right now, as of right now. Um, and the women have been carrying this Olympic run, right? I think we can also shout out, uh, the swimmer, I believe it, Penny. Penny. Um, I, I really can't say her last name. <laughs> Alexiak. Alexiak, yeah. 21 yes. years old she's uh, you know and i don't i don't know if she's a stoner or not but she gives me stoner vibe just yeah she talks. She's really, oh yeah you know it was a great time <laughs> i love that i think i think your personality is awesome it's so laid back yes um and but she's actually talented as well you know who else was really good in the pool that smoked weed michael phelps so maybe there's <laughs> something there maybe there's something maybe there. there's something there man. i know um what how many minutes she have like six or something uh, who uh Alexiak? Yeah, she's got seven in total. Seven in total. That's crazy. And yeah. she what? So she's the winningest Canadian athlete. That, that's so yeah. That Lou that Lou Marsha trophy that they give out every year to the best Canadian oh, athlete. That, yo, let's talk about that. Actually, that's gonna yeah, be a heavy Olymp- one. Olympic years always tough because you always have like usually it goes to a standout like Joey Votto's gotten it. Crosby will get it, you know what I'm saying, the guys in the team leagues. But in Olympic year, uh, man, if we are seeing that the Lou Marsh is the best Canadian athlete and then you say that the decathlon uh, is the most challenging physical thing that somebody can do, then it should go to Damian Warner, correct? Because yeah. he won oh, the gold medal him. and he set yeah. an Olympic medal. Uh, he yeah. set an Olympic record with over 9,000 points. So yes. I think he and yo that picture of him like where everybody else is dead and he's standing there in my head I was just like are you not entertained yeah I know are you not entertained like he's like he's gladiator shit 
Like he said, he's in the best shape of his life, and he's at thirty-one. And I'm like, thirty-one, yes, yeah. Like that, then that was like the stats of his, like you know, the hundred meter run or whatever. Like is good for like semifinals. Like is some of his events, he can do it like in in the individual. Like he can compete in those individual events. That's what's crazy about it. Exactly, exactly. His numbers in each of the individual events would make him a contender if he just trained for that. Yeah. But he's trained in all of these events and he's excelling. Like, wow, very impressive, very, very impressive. So, but yo, who would you who would you give the Lou Marsh to? I, I know we weren't like let's yeah let's have that chat. Yeah, I, like I, I always look at it every year because you know, it's, I love that man. I love it's like you have baseball like you know let's say a baseball player wins MVP, they're always in the running. It's like Steve Nash was always in the running when he had won the NBA MVP. So it's like, but in the Olympic years, it's such difference, right? Um, it's gonna be hard. Like I, I, this Christine Sinclair, who may get it just based on, like just that would be like um a, a career achievement a award. career achievement award right she just gets it right or, I think, Damien Warner has a legit legit claim to it because I think the deca- decathlon, shows you how great an athlete you are in overall, right, um, but then you have Andre DeGrasse like he's in who's the fastest man in the world. Like that's a that event he like he's in it top three, six medals. Like he medaled in every event he was in. Yep. Um, yeah. True. True. And yeah. then you got Penny. You got Penny too. Women's like swimming. That he Yo, said the most. You could even like. There's so many people that can make a claim for what Joey Votto. Like if we go back to looking at other players and other sports that are not yeah. Olympic years, like I. Personally, because Joey gets, you know, uh, the team sports get the attention on the other seasons, I probably wouldn't look at him. But at 37 years old, what he's doing right now, you love to see it. He's on a power surge again. His mm. average is up again. He's he's prime Joey Votto, Scarborough's finest baseball export. Yeah. I always say that, man. He's a legend. But yeah, it's, it's going to be, that's going to be an interesting discussion at the end of the year for sure. Yeah, because last year, Alfonso Davies won from soccer. Um, and they give it to two person, Laura, Duvan, Tarif. So I guess a soccer player. And then, oh no, Lauren, no, not a soccer player. Actually, it was the KC guy, KC offensive lineman. Uh, the guy from Montreal? Yeah. Uh, he plays for the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> He's a doctor as well. Yeah. Yeah. What a story. So he got it. And then um, the year before that, Bianca. Oh, Joey Votto won. Yeah. Bianca winning it made absolute sense. She absolutely, what, what didn't she do that year? She won yeah. a lone single Canadian event. She won Indian Wells, another uh, Indian Wells, another big tournament, and then she won the U.S. Open. Like, of course, she had to win it. Okay, Chris, Christine Sinclair has won one, so I don't do not think she may win this one. Yeah, then she won't. If she's got one already, then yeah, yeah they won't. Yeah. Like, yeah. her like trophy bias. Um, yeah, I really don't know. Who's going to win? It's going to come from the Olympics. I don't think any other, like, I know Joey Votto's having a great year, but um, no, I think it's going to come from an Olympic uh, person. And my pick is going to be Damien Warner, because I think he, he had a great season, track season. So um, that's my pick. Yeah, I'm, I would go, I personally want to see Warner win. Right? Like, yeah, I'm with you on that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a great like conversation or things to think about. This, like we have what we have uh, five months left in the year. Um, anything can happen, but those are my favorites. It'd be Damien Warner or Penny Olzinak. Um, moving on. So that's our any other notes and thoughts about the Olympics? In Tokyo, maybe no fans. Um, yeah, I feel for um, I feel for the, the, the just before we started recording, Japan be like, come on, man, Japan who those fans love baseball, like you know you and I love baseball. They're so passionate down there. Yeah, beat the United the big bad United States of America yeah, in the game I know. that they called the pastime, and there was no fans to watch it while they did it at home. That sucks. That sucks. That's uh, I know definitely. Yes, <laughs> like they would be going crazy, right? Like it, it's probably a, a gong show, like undercover gong show down there right now. But 
they should have been in the stadium to be able to, to celebrate with those guys, man. Because those guys are legends down there, just like our baseball heroes are huge here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to beat the, the U.S., yeah, definitely. Exactly. Right. Oh, they're playing. Oh, oh yeah. Beat the U.S. 2 nothing. And Dominican beat Korea, so. Right? Dominican beat Korea? No. Yeah, they won to bronze. Yeah, 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 Joey Bats yeah. is so, lost. Uh, Joey Bats, bronze that, medalist. Yeah. So, yeah, the <laughs> Olympics have very, like, entertaining stories. Like, um, I think, I don't know what day it is today. How many more days of Olympics are left? Sorry, what was that, Gopal? Oh, no, it was... How many more days are left? There's only a roughly two more days left. Oh, I think we're at the end of it. Yeah, we're at the end of it. Day 15, so. Yeah. Yeah, those are my stories of it. Um, we can del- We can go, like, a, do a summary in another episode of Aftermath of it. Yeah, yeah, total details. To dig deeper uh, you know, really- into it, but this that's a summary of it, of Canadian sports and the stories that resonated with us during this past two weeks. Agreed. Going. And there's, a little, there's more. There have been speed walking we, I watched. Uh, the guy that uh, he came back, like he to get bronze, right? He came fourth last time in 2016, so I forgot his name. Um, but yeah, like some of these events, as a kid, like you knew track and field, or um, like I don't know, there's something about the Olympics. These events, you just become a fan of it, and just appreciate their the athletes' commitment to that sport, right? Agreed. Like. They they train four years for it. Let's have that chance. So, yeah. Um, and if you get a chance, try to re- do some re uh, rewatch of the Olympics. I think I I believe it's on Amazon Prime. They're showing some. They have some reruns you can watch. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You can uh, tune in on on Prime. And CBC also has it on live. So on the website, probably. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, moving on from the Olympics, the human spirit to the NBA. Um, the last time we spoke, the Milwaukee Bucks weren't NBA champions, and they're now NBA champions in the top dog of 2021. Um, they beat the Suns in six games, uh, four straight. Uh, Giannis figured it out, and they're your NBA champions, and Giannis got over the hump. Uh, and my thoughts were um, the Bucks with their – I guess big three that always got criticized, Milton and Drew Holiday, they weren't enough. Always, you know, all these USA analysts, Kendrick Perkins, Matt Barnes, Stephen Jackson, or like all those like analysts, Jalen Rose, do they have enough? Do they have enough? Like just because their name were like big time or in a market where it's like New York or LA or whatever, um, they always were criticized for that. Um, and it was always on Giannis's shoulders. And Giannis turned in a impeccable performance in those, those four games. He had the block, a LeBron-esque block, um, which all LeBron lovers say is not as great as LeBron's. Okay, fine. He also had another crazy block off of alley-oop. He showed and then recovered and blocked Aiden. And that, I think, is much harder to do. As playing basketball is one of the hardest things to do. Um, yeah, to get beaten at one end. Yep. And then recover and get the block. Yep. It's one of the hard, yeah, that's, I still think that's one of the most athletically freakish things that Giannis does. And also he dropped 50 in the, the clinching game. So, and he hit all his free throws. So it's pretty scary for the future if Giannis is hitting his free throws and, and he's getting that confidence to hit a jump shot. So um, that's my thoughts on it. And I said in the previous podcast, the Phoenix Suns will not win in the next 10 years. And I don't, and I'm going to stick by that. Um, even though Chris Paul signed for four-year 120. Um, this was their chance for me. Like, you had – Lakers were injured. You got by. And I'm not saying injury, injuries are part of the game. Um, you beat Denver without Jamal Murray. So luck was on your side. The, the run was on your side. And in, in the Western Conference Finals, Kawhi got injured. So everything was working with you. And you had 2 nothing, 2-0 lead. You have to close it. Like, you have to step on the guy's neck. <laughs> like, I hate that reference, but you got to – you got to close it out. So that's my thoughts on the NBA Finals. And I think Giannis' championship is well-deserved. Um, I think his 
run is more valuable. Like I can say his run was epic. Like he earned like his journey tour with the Milwaukee Bucks as a kid, 19 year old, all the way to now, he earned it. Like there's no, it was, yeah, he got his championship. It's much sweeter, he said. And I, I totally agree with you on that. I totally agree with him on that in his post-game presser. 100. Yo, he's been saying it for a while. Um, winning it where, where you were drafted and you developed and you went through the trials and tribulations. It's not a new, it's not a new narrative. And, you know, it's one that I really love. Um, and that's, it's so, it was so validating to, to see that somebody still cherishes loyalty, still feels that it's important to give back to the place that gave you everything. Because uh, as you know, these are all dead traits in the NBA today. We have Ben Simmons who can't shoot a free throw in the most important game of the playoffs saying that, uh, you know what, he doesn't want to go to Toronto because he thinks he's too important. He would welcome a trade to Golden State. Listen, bitch, nobody wants you. Take it easy. Okay, you don't get to demand where you go, but that's the NBA where we live in, where you don't do nothing in the world and you think you're that entitled. You can make your $35 million a year and still dictate where you play. It's refreshing to see somebody like Giannis, Milton. Those two guys are the core of this team. They've been through it from the start. Get that W. Beautiful. Giannis is clinching game. What can we say that hasn't been said? I personally haven't seen like, you know, I wasn't around like I was I wasn't around to watch Magic, you know, in the finals. Magic yeah. Bird. Mm-hmm. or anything prior to that. So I don't I don't remember those. I don't even remember Michael that much. I can't remember watching them. But for me, like being able to say I totally remember uh, the game in terms of a clinching game performance of a title, that is the greatest clinching game performance I've ever seen ever. So like that was insane what he did that day, man. Yeah, it was insane. Um, 17 of 19 from the free throw line when he's just, that was like the, the knock on him. You can't hit free throws like, that it was like an out-of-body experience. It, it made no sense. You know what I'm saying? If you look at the stats, nothing said that he was going to be able to pull off 92% shooting from the free throw line when up to that point he was shooting like such trash. It made no sense how he did that. Uh, I was in awe. <laughs> like, I thought Phoenix would force the game seven. Um, but he said no. He's like He had a great quote, I think, during the pro- pregame presser or whatever. And um, he said, what? The past is his ego. And the future is his pride and his present. He's humble, right? So, like, I think he's he's just trying to stay in the moment. Like, I haven't done anything yet. And I love that. Like, he's up 3-2. He's like, I haven't done anything yet. I got to win it. I got to finish the job, right? And the late, great Kobe Bryant told him, next job, finish the championship. And I love that. It's like, he got it, right? Like, I think that's the best compliment Giannis could have got from Kobe. First was MVP and then the championship. He got the job done, and now all three brothers are champions now. <laughs> Agreed. All three of them are champions now. Um, what else? NBA um, free agency? Yeah, we can go to NBA free agency now. Uh, so season done, Milwaukee Bucks have championship. Phoenix has lost. So how does the rest of the league retool to get that next championship? So um, Milwaukee stayed still right now. They lost P.J. Tucker. And so they have to find a ways to rebuild if they want another chance at a ch- title. So they lost one defensive stopper. The Lakers, um, oh, the Lakers, uh, Mr. LeBron James, um, uh, they got, they were traded for Russell Westbrook to form their own big three or whatever you want to call it. They got Russell Westbrook from Washington. I'm getting rid of Kyle Kuzma and Caldwell Pope. Um, and they got a other bunch of old guys they signed, signed Dwight back, uh, uh, who else did they Carmelo. say? They said Carmelo Manson. So the banana boat, two of them are back together. Two of the banana boat. Um, so they're an old team. Lakers are gearing up for that run. And, you know, I know LeBron posted something, a deleted tweet. You guys are talking. Keep that talk. Keep that talk. I'm like, come on, man. You keep talking about Howard Earl. I'm going to show you. Shut, shut up. up. Nobody said you're not an underdog. <laughs> Just shut up. No one said that. Stop creating your own narrative that. Like, you're like, stop pushing it out. so ridiculous. Ridiculous. You have Anthony Davis in his prime on your team. You're crying about shut up, LeBron. James. You're not, you cannot be, you're not going to be the underdog under in any narrative when you have Anthony Davis and you on the same team. Yeah. You're so ridiculous for saying that shit. And like, how are you like, I can't, I can't stand that guy. Unreal. Unreal. Even after watching Giannis with his, his only solution was 
oh, let me just go load up on some superstars because now I can't. I have to make sure I win, right? And he's not going to win. I'll tell you why. This reminds me of when the Lakers went and got Dwight, Dwight the first time with Steve Nash yeah. over the hill. I hate to say it. God bless Steve Nash. But, yo, too many, too many chefs in the kitchen, too many injured bodies. It just didn't work. You have no depth now. Now, you have no guys like Kuzma, if nothing else, and Caldwell Pope could eat up valuable minutes. And Caruso's gone, too. Okay? Those guys can give you some minutes. You don't have that now. Your roster is full of 30-something-year-olds. And I know their bodies are in tip-top shape. But all these guys have injury history, man. So, you know what? Power to you, LeBron. Let's see how this plays out for you. Good luck with your title. I cannot wait to watch you lose again. Yeah. And then, um, who else made moves um, in this offseason, uh, Chicago made moves. They got DeRozan and um, what did they get? They got... Chicago, yo, DeRozan and Lonzo. So, yo, yeah, Lonzo, Lonzo actually, that's what it was. You know, everybody, there's this narrative out there that not, Lonzo can't shoot threes. Mm-hmm. Go look at his numbers last year. Lonzo hits threes now. Yeah, they don't understand so, that. So, yo, Levine and Lonzo can bomb threes. You got Vucevic down low. DeRozan's going to spread the floor with his mid-game, mid-range game as well. It, it, that, like, he's going to give you a different offensive flair. He's going to give you that – he can slow a game down and take it over ISO style. You know what I'm saying? When he needs to. I, I think Chicago might be nice. Kobe White's going to be there still. Marketing now, there's less pressure than ever been on him. He could probably be the guy that comes off the bench and does some damage. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that for him. So Chicago, I'm, I'm impressed by the improvements they made. Yo, we'll go to New York. We'll come to. We'll go to Miami last for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So definitely. In terms of another team that um, I'm, quite, I, this one I, I question their signing of Kemba. I, I don't know if Kemba puts New York over the top. No, I don't. I, yeah, I, I felt like a lateral move. Um, and yeah. and and I, I don't like it. What I don't like about that is that. Age-wise, man, like Barrett and Randall, kind of makes sense. You know what I'm saying? I would. Yeah. Wish that they got a younger sort of person to slide into that point guard slot, but yeah, they, they resigned Derrick Rose too as well. And they so. Derek, yeah, but and you know what? Good on. I'm happy Derrick Rose got a multi-year contract at this stage of his career, eh? Yeah. So it's nice to see he deserves that. New York there, and then um, I'm thinking about what else team made the move. Philly did not make a move with Ben Simmons. And- well, did you see? Uh, um, uh, they got Drummond. Yeah, Drum. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, did, did you see the hug between Embiid and Drummond? Yeah, I saw that. It was oh, so good, so good. That, it's like that's a person that is like a, a meme in general, like yo, and that's like their first interaction as teammates. You know that Drummond's seen all that now too, so you know exactly how Embiid feels about him because his face gives it away. Yeah, unreal. Like, yeah, that's why you don't have so many cameras in your in your uh, thing. Live it, it, part, part of the gig part of the gig you have to know everything you do in any face you make is going to be yeah. plastered all over the internet um hmm. man i'm thinking about other teams so, dallas hasn't um, made a move i know kd the nets have made a, a critical move with signing patty mills signing him uh oh patty mills i didn't know patty mills is in uh brooklyn, brooklyn? yeah and they okay. got shooting now and, they got to recover they, for joe harris's like not shooting well um, they got uh, bembry as well so Raptors lose out on Bembry. Yeah. We should uh, address the Raptors. Oh, yeah, d- definitely. We got to address the Raptors. So how the Raptors, so the end of the game, like a little uh, background is that Masai at the end of this season said, post-game, uh, post-season presser, he said, we're not here to be playing the play-in. We're here to win it all again. Like he said, I don't need that. So technically it was a, I guess indirect way saying we're tanking, getting a pick. <laughs> so um, that's what he did the, re- the season, like resting players and letting players play one game and then resting them the rest of the way. Um, so they got the fourth pick entering the NBA draft. And they, I think a lot of critics and um, insiders said top four would be Jalen Suggs at four. Um, but I did believe Masai and Bobby went through their I guess notebook and felt like Scotty Barnes of Florida State University is what they're trying to build their team around. Like their MO in these, these high combo forwards, which were despised back in the day, are now becoming 
the it thing in positionless basketball. Um, uh, and so, yeah, now they have Scotty Barnes, which I was, to be honest, I'm like, really? I, uh, maybe I go with Jalen Suggs because he's like a proven player. But as I read and I started, I started to warm up to Scotty Barnes after watching his highlights and see what their thing, their mindset of it. it was a 6'9 forward. He can ball handle. He's a team player, very energetic, and one of, like a defensive-minded player. I think that's what they're trying to build in Toronto. Um, so then uh, OG, Pascal, and Fred, and they also re-signed Gary Trent to a three-year $50 million. So I like where we're going, Raptors. I think they still need to fill out their bench. And yeah, and then they lost Kyle Lowry, which we'll go get to in after. But any thoughts on Shai and Raptors' direction? Yeah, so I saw a tweet by Josh uh, Lundberg. And uh, basically mm-hmm. showed the roster size, like uh, the height and weight of all of our players. Um, clearly, Masai has an idea in mind here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really doubling down on this uh, positionless baseball, uh, <laughs> positionless basketball player concept, okay. where he could potentially run guys out one through five that can switch defensively on anybody. Yeah, because if you look at these guys, they're all the same mold: six seven to six nine wingspans in the sevens um rangy guys now the issue with the ones that we have right now the shooting strokes aren't so good and you're not going to win in today's nba if you're not shooting well yes correct that is an issue for me but i mean i can definitely see how uh the appeal of it defensively it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch like i know kyle's gone and he's kyle gets those charges and whatnot and sets the tone defensively but the the way that the, the talent on this roster right now on the defensive end like even with our guards like with fred still being here it's going to be tenacious it's going to be rough for teams when they come in uh but right now you know i I can see generating offense being a little bit difficult like uh fred's numbers uh, like we discussed fred's numbers are going to go up uh volume wise but percentage will go down for sure and that's on that's expected Mm -hmm. Uh, but i need i need to see like Man, I've been saying this still. And OG did take a step last year. He definitely took a step. Uh, he was a little bit more healthy, uh, became more assertive on the offensive end a little bit more. I just need to see that night in and night out. We, like, we need that now. Everybody's anointing. Like I, And I, I would say the same thing. He is a high pick for us. And he's developed to a point where we can expect him to be a legitimate third option night in and night out. I think that's fair for him. Yeah. And that's what we would need him to be right now. So I just hope that he, he understands that and he plays up to his capabilities next season. Because if, if we get him taking a step, there's talent. There, there, yo, Fred and Siakam are, are a legitimate duo. Yeah, Fred and Siakam. That would, that, would want that, that would want that combo, right? I, so I love that combo, Fred and Siakam. Um, they, won a, they won together in G League Championship. So ever since that, they bonded because they came into the league together. Facts. So I like that. Like, this is their... Uh, time period, right? Like their yeah. timeline. Yeah. So this is their era, right? So like, yeah, this is their time bro. to shine, right? Like Kyle's gone, so I want to see them build their identity, build their own identity, right? Like this is their like. But I, I will also say, say mm-hmm. we are gonna feel Kyle's impact more now that he's gone in Fred's play uh, in terms of leadership on and off the court. I think he's going to be more, he's really going to step into being Kyle and we're going to, we're going to feel Kyle through Fred. I, I do think, I really think that. So I'm expecting big things from Fred this year. Like really big things from Fred. Yeah, this year. me too, man. And like you got the keys. Show me. Like, exactly. Yo, you, 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 you know what? You've gotten paid and I respect your grind. You've done what you had to do. You worked at it mm-hmm. now, you know, and you've made comments like, yeah, you know, I could start if I had to blah, blah, blah. So Hey buddy, we trust you here. Do it. Show it. Prove, prove us. Prove it to us. Yes, prove it to us. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, all, I'm all in on this. I'm always a Raptor fan. I'm, I'm intrigued about how everything's going to go. Um, yeah. Uh, it was, you know what I was a little bit perplexed about uh, from the trade, sorry, from the draft till uh, two days ago when Masai resigned? Yeah. It was just the lack of clarity with his situation. Yes. Like it, it, I, not knowing what he was going to do either. And then you're seeing some of these moves and, it, you know, it made me feel a little bit, okay, what's going on here, right? But he's back. He obviously has got his master plan, master plan in mind. What I, what honestly, personally, what I would do if I was the Raptors at this stage, we are very, we don't have much leverage on Drogic, okay? Also, so I don't want to trade him 
for peas on the dollar. I don't want to buy him out. That doesn't help me either. That doesn't help me either. Let's go. Dragic is not the type of guy that's going to dog it. If if he's on your roster and he's getting paid millions of dollars, he's going to come on and bust his ass. So that's amazing. So what I would do is I would run this roster out there. I want to see what Siakam looks like this year back at home, bro. When we were 53 and 19, my guy was balling prior to the lockdown. Prior to yeah, the uh, balling. Right? Like top Ball, 10. People have such a short memory. It's stupid. It kills me. It, it, like I'm a Siakam fan, but it still kills me that it only mattered with a pandemic and they got so mad that, well, the world was like having COVID problems. They just went on, went at him. Like maybe he, like, I don't know. Like he was stuck in Toronto, couldn't do anything. Um, yeah, it started with the pandemic, the bubble, and then it, it transferred He's over into Tampa He's, Bay. Like he, he hasn't and, been in, in your surroundings yet. Like his yeah, own. He, Go ahead. Be, this is somebody that came over from Africa and set roots down in Toronto. Yeah. Plain and simple. That's all he had known. And you saw how much joy he got. Like Pascal, somebody, man, like I liked, I love that about him. I love how much passion he plays with, man. Yeah. Like whether he's happy or sad, you're going to know, right? Yeah. Um, and the joy he has when he plays at home. I can, let's, let's, before we make any judgments about what this roster as composed can do, let's just run this team out there and then we'll have a better idea and we'll probably have more leverage at the trade deadline if we have to make moves. That's what I'm saying. So at this stage, I wouldn't mind if there's no other trades this offseason. And also, do not bring Brent, do not bring Ben Simmons around me. I, I don't want Please. anything near that, okay? The outrageous the, trade. The great oh. ones work. The great ones work at it. This one has no work ethic. The, the, I'm just going to go chill out with uh, Jenner because yeah. I have, that's what I want to do right now after shooting 36% of the playoffs because that's my <laughs> priority and that's all I need to do. So you know what? Don't bring that around my team. I don't need that rubbing off on my other players either. 100%. So, yeah, like, yeah, I don't want to hear anything. I want to see this team play it out. And I want to, and Masai, have the best free agent signing that we had this past week. Yep. He, he loves this city. Like, I think he, pers- like, for me, he's like the greatest leader, like, I look up to. Like, he's got a city that never got, had an inferiority complex, whereas, like, they never talk about us, talk about us. So he kind of turned, twisted it around, whereas, like, who cares? We believe in yourselves and you're going to do well, right? And that, like, he put imprinted what he thought uh, of how the organization should run. Like, he hired, when he first came in, he hired um, women, right? He started with two women in the organization. Now there's 15 people there now. Uh, there's sure. more diversity. More, like, you see colored people, like, you see the, the diversity of Toronto within his organization. Reflected that, in the organization. Yes. So exactly. I love that as a leader. Like, that's what my Canada is, Yo. right? Like, you, just, and you just said it like what I love when he said that he's like you guys he, he was actually mad at us during the Kawhi introduction press conference definitely throw those questions you got to stop with this attitude of nobody wants to come here nonsense we're past that believe in yourself this is a world-class this is a world-class organization get over that we need to hear that and he's absolutely correct like stop playing the victim oh nobody wants to come here blah blah screw it it is what it is this is who we are own it let's run with it and now we're champions because of it right um it's so good to have him back, man. His, like you said, yo, his contribution goes well beyond. Like he's just a great human being. I think um, I look up to him very much for sure. He, he, the way he carries himself, what his morals are, the the whole NBA Africa League, man. That that's like Masai is a huge, huge, huge factor in that. Oh, hundred percent. And I think that's like the the African personality. Like they had to work so hard to get there, like to get there, like you know, like. All of like the history on Africa was like they took everything, the resources, everything from that continent, and then it just like those the African type people like that come up here is like they're working hard, like like the normal immigrant lifestyle, right? Like they come here work hard, but like they're adapting into the country. Like they want to meet. Like I don't know how to explain it. It's just that like he's trying to be like uh, grow his game, like grow like the game that like in uh, back home, right? In Africa. Like he's trying to he's grow to that. Back, man. Yeah, to give back. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. giving back to what he's gained from here, this country. And I think the Toronto Raptors organized MLSC has given him that power to do so. I don't think any other, um, maybe like I'm just speaking on my on myself, but like I don't think any of the 29 organizations would do that. It's Toronto. Toronto's only like, like a Canadian organization can do that. 
to do Black Lives Matter on a bus or like hire uh, um, more women in their organization or like they're like he has that power now to like do that. Absolutely. And he's going to for sure. He already is like, you know what, yo, this is actually something we, again, I need to mention this because it, it came to my mm -hmm. mind the other day. So we are now okay. So yes, in terms of the evolution of basketball here in Canada, okay, we've reached uh, the opening of the greatest period of basketball period. That's, that's for sure. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, there's a whole nother level to this now. Shea just got paid, what, $180 million? Jamal Murray just is going to get hundreds of millions of dollars. There's mm -hmm. going to be Canadian stars that have that sort of resource, the access to that sort of resources. Do you not think some of that's going to go back into the grassroots basketball programs here at home? They absolutely are. Yep. Look at the impact that that's going to have in another 20 years, on top of everything that's already happening with the Raptors and, you know, all the talent we're seeing that loves Raptors basketball growing up. Yo, these guys are going to put back into their own local communities at home as well with all the money that we're getting. Because we got superstars now, man, making real superstar money. That money is going to come back to us. They, they will get back to their local communities where they grew up. And that's going to have an impact as well, man. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy where we're headed. No, it's crazy. And a great time. Like, yeah. Uh, Canadian basketball and Toronto Raptors, they're intertwined. Um yeah, that's what I'm excited for it. And I'm excited Messiah staying and I'm happy for the next gen, like the next era of Raptors basketball. And I think that takes us to, we should say, I guess, close up the last era with We The North with, uh, I guess, We The North, uh, I guess, version one. <laughs> or the, you got to retire it. You got to go. Yeah, yeah I, whatever you want to call it. I know they're still going to use it, but. Yeah, us, it's, it's not. It's not. Kyle it's Lowry and DeMar DeRozan were weed and north, and correct. both of them are exactly. gone. Exactly. We gotta retire both are gone. You got to you gotta retire that, man. Like, yeah. you just mentioned Pascal and Fred now. So that this is their era now. So, yo, just, you know what? It, sometimes it's good to make... You guys change your jerseys every year. Maybe it's time to switch up your little hashtag. hashtag. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's time to do some fresh marketing here. It's not going to be a bad thing. I just think that we need to give We The North, like, that era is not this anymore. Like, we are into a different era. Yes, management's the same, blah, blah, blah. But mm -hmm. player-wise, it's not led by the same guy. So it would make sense to change it. That's all I'm saying. No, definitely. Um, yeah, so let's, let's give it uh, my thoughts on Kyle Lowry. Um, it's been a long two, so 2012 to now, nine years of watching Raptors basketball. Um, they were, I was excited when he first came. Like, we finally have a point guard, right? Um, we got the trade. We traded Gary Forbes in a pick, I believe. Um, that pick became Stephen Adams, I believe. Um, yeah, Kyle Lowry came in. He fought for playoff, like, playing time with Jose Calderon. He didn't win against Jose Calderon. Casey's, like, they had their head, but, like, controversy or, what, like, they had their disagreements. So that's what led to that. So Lowry pouted. Um, and then Masai was about to trade him to New York. Um, and then uh, Jim Dolan, James Dolan said, nope, I'm not getting fleeced again after the Bargnani trade and nixed that trade. And then that's how uh, We Didn't Know it started with Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. Um, my, my insights of the past seven years, like nine years has been, he's been a dog. He's been like underappreciated. He's been keeping us winning for what? seven years in a row, uh, like first the uh, 48 wins, 49 wins, then finally breaking the 50 win barrier. So he did a lot of first in this organization. He made this organization a professional one. Um, and he grew, he grew with the organization. I know like he says, like he'd be like a, uh, like a prick or a dick, whatever you want to call it to the media. But I think he truly cared and loved the city. Um, that's, I don't know. There's so many things to say about him, like the shot against um, against Cleveland, um, his 41 41 point performance in Golden State when they're, I think there's, I think it was the 20 game run Golden State went on. Like we always had him before Milwaukee finally beat him. Um, the 24 games, yeah, it was the game before. Yeah, the game before we game had before him. they lost. Yeah, so yeah, they, they came through Toronto. It was a shit show. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, and then um, yeah, man, his bond with Demar Derozan. Like I know Demar Derozan was our homegrown one. We drafted him, but Kyle Lowry. Like I think we like those people that like we resonate with those people that sometimes given they were given up on, like from previous teams, and we love their success story, their redemption story, and we got it with Kyle Lowry. And I think that that's why we that's why we love him. Like as a basketball fan, you just love Bro. like how he plays. Listen, um, yeah, go ahead. Put it simply, Chauncey Phillips played in Toronto. Chauncey Phillips played in Detroit. Yeah. How is he viewed in Toronto? How is he viewed in Detroit? That's basically what it will be for anywhere he was prior to coming to Toronto, Memphis, mm-hmm. Houston. Then he got here. You know, some people are late developers, but like, if if you want to put a picture in a pictionary of the word symbiotic relationship, just take Kyle and the Raptors. Our, yeah. our success is directly tied into his. They both supported each other and they both scaled new heights. It, and it's a it's unreal. It's beautiful. Like he, I, I'm glad that he is not a prick and he doesn't recognize how much this franchise has meant to him as well. You know, because there are some guys that could have that attitude cause not that guy. He embraced it. And I hate when people get on him about having a chip on his shoulder. You didn't grow up where he grew up or how he grew up. You don't know his why he had to have that attitude. I can mm. take a lot of, I can take a lot of stats as to why he's probably got a chip on his shoulder, but you check yourself there. But again, yo, he went from being like somebody that's, Oh, that not the nicest guy to talk to, to saying, I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to the first game back. Cause I might cry because of the tribute. So again, we, we watched a man mature. You know what I'm saying? Uh, being comfortable to make a comment like that. That's not something you'd expect to hear from Kyle back in the day. Uh, Six time all-star NBA champion. All NBA third team one time, gold medalist, all in this time with the Toronto Raptors. So uh, thank you, Kyle. Um, I, 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 people are like saying retire his number uh, when he comes back for his game. No, don't do that. That would no, be terrible. Don't be an organization so like that. Yeah, <laughs> that, don't be that. Like, listen, we're, if we're going to, we're champions now, act like champions. Let's wait till his career is over. Okay. Let's give it to five years, whatever it is. Maybe wait till the season eight before he goes into the Hall of Fame, something like that. Let's just make sure he's retired first. That, like, even just marketing wise, man, Kyle's return is going to tell itself. Why would you waste a banner raising on that game? It makes zero sense to do that. I'm just saying from a business sense, it makes no sense to do that. So let, let's go easy on that. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, you know, nothing but love. Thank you, Kyle. Miami looks good too. I'll say that. Oh, Miami with their changes when they got Lowry, PG Tucker, Jimmy Butler. They'll be good. They, yeah, they'll be good. And bam, don't forget. But I still think they they will run into the Nets and the Nets. They have three guys that have packages. Their basketball packages are just elite. So it was. We'll see. Um, Eric Spolster is a good coach, but I don't know. I think it's up to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has become a scorer. He can't be like how he was before. Because then it, I feel like it's just a supercharged version of Kyle and Damar again. But Jimmy just playing defense. So Yeah. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like, it reminds me of that 2017 team the Raptors had. They have P.J. Tucker now, so I'm With following With P.J. back, too. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's like an upgraded version of DeRozan and Bam is like upgraded version of well he's better than uh, Jonas but yeah we'll see um, we'll see what happens there yeah Miami yeah, they're in the run we can go in that's when that's more for NBA preview podcast but yeah that's a few months away yeah so let's move on to the final aspect of our um, show is the Toronto Blue Jays they're back home baby they're back home uh, um, and yeah, my thoughts, uh, they're on fire right now, <laughs> to put I mean, it bluntly. Yo, you're, you're talking, you just said Blue Jays, and I just started smiling, and I can't stop smiling. Right? The hottest ticket in town. They so happy right now, man. Oh, my God. Right? Our, the baby Jays are, like, they're, like, blossoming. Like, you know, they're about, like, like they're, you know, they're finally opening, spreading their wings, and starting to go, right? So, um, yo, not even that, bro. Um, you know, I haven't said a lot of nice things about Shapiro and Atkins. I have not. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, you know, the day before the deadline, New York went out and made some big impact moves to add to the lineup with uh, Rizzo and Gallo. Yeah. So that to me, and we had just gotten uh, Brad Hand. So mm-hmm. I told myself how far back we are with the number of teams between us. 
maybe management's going to have a discussion tonight and not go all in this year and trade away in the draft capital uh, mm-hmm. because all the other teams around us improved as well. That, I told myself, and I was like, okay, you know what? I kind of understand it too. Uh, we're, we're the furthest back and we have the most ground uh, to make up and we, the other teams have gotten better in, ahead of us. When they made the trade for Berrios, management literally said, we're going for it with this team right now. Players got what they wanted, yo. Everybody want everybody. Maybe wasn't smoking out in the in the in the uh, in the dugout, but the players obviously felt like you know getting another starter would be like okay, pretty sick. Now we have four guys we can run out there. You know what I'm saying? In the playoffs here, you need four. So now it's on them to go do what they're doing. And listen, man, seven and one since we're back home. <laughs> Good to be home. Good to be home. Let's let's put it that way. Yeah, it's great to be home. <laughs> and um, I think. Yeah, they're making their move. They're, that this lineup is relentless. Their offense. You should go go see if you get a chance to go see them at Rock, Sky Dome in the homestand. Go see them. Um, I think Chai and I both went out to see a game. I went to go see the Cleveland Indians game, and I think Chai went to go see um, what, the Royals. Yeah, so, first game back. First game back. Uh, so, is it so many fields? So many fields. It's so many it's fields, just, and like if yo, you love man. baseball, you just had to go back to the ballpark. Not, yo, like even from like me getting down to the go station, getting off the go train, the walk and down the sky, like all that, I I missed it, man. It it just felt so nice uh, to walk back into the building and uh, hear that national anthem, hear that home run horn. Um, and what what I appreciate is how much more people are paying attention now. Uh, maybe I mean maybe that was the, the first night crowd, you know what I'm saying? But like everybody was really into it. I like that. The last time I saw that was. 2015 16 only august september where like it seemed like the building was a buzz about the game and we're definitely getting that like last night it was an eruption in the fifth inning that crowd went wild and just it's really important that they did go wild bro because that last home series that we played against boston in in Mm -hmm. buffalo was embarrassing in how loud they were cheering for the red sox so like i'm so glad we were the fans remember that i made some noise i wanted i wanted to be like that all weekend against boston just absolutely go at it when Jays are up, destroying them, make them feel crappy. Because I hated what the players had to go through when they were in Buffalo, getting booed and cheered when they lost against Boston. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? That's yeah, like, Toronto sports team got that bad recently. It was like, and even in Raptors, they had to face it. So I think it's time for all Toronto fans to give their team some support and get on the, like, like get on the visiting team. <laughs> like Exactly. Right? Like, just remember, like, we had no home for like. Let's appreciate the teams that are in Toronto. As of um, two years away, or a year and a half, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, just appreciate the Blue Jays, and they're winning. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. My experience is that the fifteen thousand, it feels like forty thousand in there. So, yeah, I I would highly recommend it as a event or an item in the summer if you have a chance. Uh, so the Blue Jays have Boston this week. And this weekend and the weekend series, so it's a big. It's either like worth two games. So, and uh, yeah, I just say follow it. Um, yeah, Enjoy get, it. get on uh, this. It's basically the the thing that's different about baseball than any other sport is that basically you're playing every day. So yeah. it, it's it's like a it's like a slow buildup of of uh tension and anxiety because you're getting closer but you're not getting closer and you got to look at the standings every day to see where you are what the other teams did there's so much that goes into a a pennant race in the playoffs so uh with that being said enjoy the next seven weeks it's going to be hectic literally every game is a a playoff game because we're so like we're back still so um until that changes you know and the games are going to be intense but that's this is the best time to watch baseball. Even if you're a casual fan, you want to jump on board. This would be a great time because it's more exciting because there's things on the line. Yeah, uh, It's easier for people to get excited about a game in August if there's playoff implications as opposed to in April as a casual fan, right? So uh, whatever it may be, uh, do that. And I guess we'll, um, we, we will catch up again, uh, Gopal, in, in the coming days, maybe later later in the week. Yeah, definitely talk a deep down in like the, the roster and the lineup and what expectations of this Blue Jay team. We can even go down the schedule. Um, I think, yeah, that'll be perfect. Um, so, I think what, right now the Jays are six and a half back of first. No, wait. Not six and a half. Let me just double check that. I'm going to look that up right now. 
Oh. Yeah, we are six and a half back of the Rays. And man. We, so we've gone nine and two in our last 11, and we're still six and a half back of the division, right? Yeah. Um, it's tough. It's very tough to very make tough. When, when you've gone down that far. But with the, uh, with the wild card, there is potentially, uh, there's definitely potential there. Like, mm-hmm. you, uh, so Boston and Oakland have the two spots. Right now, we're two and a half back of, uh, of Oakland for that second wild card. Um, so and we, we, there's a series we like. It's nice that we have a series against Oakland too. So the games where we play these teams ahead of us directly, they basically are like they count as two games each if you can win. So you know we got multiple games against Yankees and Oakland coming up. You got to take care of business there if you're serious. Yes, definitely. You got to take care of business. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm just gonna follow and watch it. Um, and sometimes. I know you're going to see something epic, maybe. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, that's, I think that's a wrap for today's show. Um, any other final thoughts, Shai, today? That's it. Um, yeah, we're going to be doing, a, we'll be launching our logo on, on Instagram and Twitter as well. So we'll start getting more active with um, content there. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll do that on Monday. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, yeah. And we'll uh, reconnect. Go, Paul. Yes, sir, Shai. Have a great day, everyone. Have a great weekend. See you. Wait until next time. Take care, guys.